Natalie, a warm welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me. I was telling you just before we started recording, I stumbled upon a video of you and your garden yesterday and I was I, I was just mesmerized because it's so I think it's so special what, what you've done. But before we delve into what is it that you do, I'd love to understand the why, because I understand that it was in 2020 that your life went through a whole change. What inspired you to, to do that? It actually started the change, the, the little seed of change started in 2018. That was the year that I turned 50. And uh, I really wanted to mark it because I just felt like, wow, half a century. <laughs> I'm walking around on this earth. And I decided to give myself a gift of traveling around the world. So I went on a solo trip for five continents, 10 countries in 50 days. And I did that because 2018, you might remember it was the era of Trump, the era of so much turmoil. negativity, turmoil, fakeness. And to a point that sometimes I felt like, wow, this world we live in, everybody felt like a threat or you know, a lot of negativity. And I thought this cannot be really what the world is about. Mm -hmm. And so I had this feeling I want to meet people and I want to connect with them. And so I went without preparing my trip. I only had my ticket and the hotels because, you know, traveling alone as a woman, you want to make sure that you're safe. But other than that, I did not plan anything and I did not want to go and visit the, the touristy places, but really connect with people. Mm -hmm. And this is where it started, because when I came back, I realized that the world is a wonderful place full of beautiful people who are struggling just like you, no matter their background, whether they're poor, rich, which country they come from, ethnicity, it doesn't matter. We all go through the same things of life, the same questions, the same challenges, right? And so when I then came back to my corporate job, I thought, I don't want to do this anymore. You were a different person. You came back a different person. Yes, I came back a different person. I felt like I needed more sense. And obviously I had a very well-paid job, comfortable, beautiful house, etc. But happy? No, not really, if I would be honest. But what do you do? You want to change, but no idea to what. I've never studied. I, I left school when I was 18. You just climbed My up career, the corporate Yes, I just climbed the corporate ladder, ending up being director, general manager, 12 years in the oil and gas sector, very masculine world. So I felt like <laughs> stepping out, but to do what? And then COVID happened in 2020. And I'm a vegetarian and I had trouble getting my hands on vegetables that are not drowned in pesticides. And so I said to my husband, let's grow a little bit ourselves. And then I suddenly lost my job. Just like that, the thing, the security that you always were hanging onto, it suddenly was gone. And I couldn't believe it, but it happened. And then very quickly I thought, well, this is then my chance. I wanted a change. Now it's no longer <laughs> for me it's to been, decide. In a way it's been thrown at it's, you. It's been yeah. thrown at me. So I have to yeah. just go and with it. So it went very fast. I, 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 was, I think I was let go 22nd of July, 5th of August. I had incorporated Just Natural. So I bounced very quickly. And I, I, I started this gardening thing, first to just occupy myself during the lockdown. 
Had you done gardening before then? Like, did you know the basics um, of how to grow food? I knew the basics, but mm-hmm. I never taken the time for it. However, I grew up with a mom from Reunion Island. They know everything about gardening. Yes. She's in her garden all the time. She knows all the tisane, all the, the you know. Grand mère. Grand-mère. Yes, <laughs> like exactly. Say. So I grew up with her, but always watching her from a distance, not really doing it myself. So no, no, I, 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 can't, I cannot say that I already started with, with a lot of knowledge, but just a little bit, the, the basic knowledge. But uh, yeah, me and my husband, we spend uh, hours on YouTube. <laughs> and then it's really trial and error. You know, you start and then... Um... And so the, there was a point where I saw Netflix, a documentary, Kiss the Ground. And that's where I, for the first time, heard about regenerative agriculture. And it clicked with me. I thought... It's actually quite interesting to see the, the history and the evolution of agriculture, conventional agriculture, and to see the link of all the problems we have today, climate change, etc., and how that is actually linked with the way we produce, distribute, and consume our food. So it, I just became curious about our food system, and then I realized it's, it's very much broken, especially here in Mauritius. We're an island very dependent on imports, and I started to ask myself, why do we have so many sick people? And how come that certain, for some people, it's so difficult to get, to have access to better food? You know, food, fast food companies, you see them everywhere. But healthy food outlets, not so much. And, and also, it's a, it's a, do you agree with me that it's also a question of mindset as well? Because as you said, yes. the fast food, you see them everywhere. But also, when you go around at the weekend, I walk around and the food courts are full. And then you'll have like a, a healthy shop or healthy and, and, and it's empty. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think it's just the cost. I, th- I also think it's a question of mindset and, and culture as I well. I think so. I think a lot of people don't really realize what they're having on their plate if they would know how that food got there, what, tra- what travels it had to made, but not only that, the way it was produced also, I think they would maybe uh, have a second thought. But then I think price does, does play a big role because you know we live in a world where we want things fast, cheap and easy. That's really our main <laughs> drive, right? When we when we want yeah, something. a lifestyle of convenience. Yes. You know? we're, no, we're no longer hunter-gatherers. <laughs> no, no. And obviously, I'm not saying that we should go back to that. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. But there's a price that you're paying that comes with it. And I think it would be good if people would be more aware of it. Mm-hmm. And so at least try to, you know, find balance. a better balance in there. I mean, there's nothing wrong, obviously, mm-hmm. with uh, having, you know, a nice fast food or something, you know, not so healthy. I mean, I'm the first one to <laughs> to enjoy that. As long but, as it's the exception yes, rather than the exactly. rule. Exactly. So what exactly is regenerative farming then? Regenerative agriculture, it comes from the, the aim to regenerate the soil. Basically, and this is not only in Mauritius, it's happening worldwide. We've, we've gone from farming in the old days, we were farming all kinds of things. To be more efficient, we went to monoculture. Like here in Mauritius, we have fields full of sugarcane or fields full of haricot or giromo or just the one culture. And you can grow just the one crop, but it will not go well. So you are obligated to use fertilizers, pesticides, herbicides. 
right? Whereas if you would do it in a natural way, biodiversity, lots of different plants together, mm -hmm. then you would not need these products. So regenerative agriculture, what it's trying to do is to bring back soil health because our soil has become very poor. It's a very poor quality. And so we want to regenerate the soil. And it basically means that you disturb it as little as, as possible. You have people that say, oh, I want to start planting as well. They come and see us. How did you start? Um, I'm planting a, a GCB and it's going to empty out the whole field. People tend to do that, right? They have a piece of land. Start from they, scratch. They, yeah. they, they think that they are starting clean by getting everything out, the trees, the plants, the weeds, whereas you're you should actually, you're actually disturbing mm. the soil structure. Right. Because a plant ha is more than just what you see above ground and the, and the roots. With the roots, there's a whole network of fungi and bacteria that are all helping that plant to, to grow. And the minute you start turning it around, you're disturbing that, that network. It's a bit like our body as well, in a sense, because we've got good bacteria and bad bacteria. And, you know, like when, you know, you take a course of antibiotics, you're actually getting rid of the good and the bad. So it's, it's absolutely yeah. it's a good comparison because a lot of people, I often say that when you eat something, it's not you who are eating. It's not your mouth or your it's the bacteria in mm. your guts who are actually doing the work. Mm. Those bacteria are not yours, but you need them to digest that food. And it's the same for the plant. The plant cannot do everything itself. It needs these other elements. And that's why it is so important to have a healthy soil. The moment you have a healthy soil, you would not need to bring in, as we say here locally, médecin et vitamine. <laughs> the herbicides, it, it, it will look after itself. It will look after itself. Before we started recording, you made a lovely analogy with the, the forest. Yeah. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Yes, yeah. I always compare it with a natural forest. When mm -hmm. you look at a forest, there are so many different plants growing and it's all, it's all doing it by itself, right? There's nobody going in there saying, oh, right, it's time to water a little bit. Oh, let me de-weed a little bit or I need to put in fertilizer or pesticides. That's not all that is not needed. And it's because it's an ecosystem. It has everything it needs. There are the plants, the trees, the insects, the birds, everything that is underground, all the bacteria and the, and the fungi again. These are all working together to keep it all healthy. So, so similar, similar approach yes. with your... So regenerative agriculture, as I always say, in one phrase I would say it's working with nature instead of against it. I see. You, you basically try to mimic it. Whatever happens in nature, you try to... Wow. to copy it so do you like do you not water for example or do you rely solely on rainwater i or? we are farmers in the north and as you might know in the north we don't dry. have yes we don't have as much rain as we have in the middle of the island for example however so i do i do water but i avoid planting vegetables that need a lot of water for example you you won't find potatoes on my farm Sweet potatoes, yes. Sweet potatoes don't need much water. Normal potatoes need a lot of water. So you, you really look at what climate am I in and what is suitable to grow in that climate because you would want as much as possible uh, use the resources available without stressing those resources. You have some solar panels and then for the water collection you rely on rainwater but otherwise it's a very off-grid Yes, we are completely off-grid, so we are not connected to CEB nor CWA. 
So we, we have several things, the solar panels, as you mentioned, for electricity, which is enough because honestly, you don't need that much electricity. And Especially then, as you live in the north, you get so much sun anyway, it's kind of enough to power the... Exactly. Yeah. You don't even need huge batteries because you just feed directly, just directly from the sun. And it's really just for the night when you have your fridge and your internet yeah. box that are still running, but other than that. And as for water, yes, we do rainwater harvesting, but not only that, we also... There are techniques that you can apply on your land. For example, you can make what we call swales. These are like canals that you make on your land mm -hmm. so that when there is heavy rain, because you know in Mauritius when it rains, it's not just like, oh, a little drizzle. It's often like really yeah, good rain. Adding, yeah. Yes. Then there's this surplus of water. You, it would actually run off your land, right? There's, there's so much your land can absorb and then the rest you will just lose it. Whereas if you have those swales, those canals, it will go into those canals, they fill up, and then over time, slowly the water will descend. And if it does that repetitively, uh, you will kind of constitute naturally an underground reservoir of water. Oh, wow. So you don't need to go and water these plants all the time. They can manage themselves because their roots will go deeper and they will find that water. So you see, it's this techniques like that that you can apply that will also help reducing, you know, stressing the water because water is becoming more and more a problem. Not only Mauritius, it's worldwide. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it would be very good to be more mindful about it and see what mm -hmm. solutions you can yeah come you up can with. come up yes. with. Yes, no, that's <laughs> amazing. And it's what you said about the roots of the. The plants it just reminds us as well like nature is so clever like, yes. it's so clever like they yes. will find they will find that piece of that bit of water somewhere yes. and plants land. adapt right they mm. they don't stay the same and so you also have to actually train your plants even if i have to water i don't water them because i want the plants to to yeah, get to used survive. to the fact yeah. that oh there will not be water every time by the looks of it so you know you let the plant also adapt itself to that and then over time, you will have more and more stronger plants. And the stronger they are, the healthier soil, you don't need any of those products to add on to. Yeah. Was, was there any point during your journey since you, you started after during COVID where, I'm sure your answer is going to be no, but where you thought, oh, this is too difficult? Or you never, it never crossed your mind? No, I'd never crossed my mind that it's too difficult. However, a big learning curve was to be patient. <laughs> I was so used to getting things running a business and yeah. you have an army of minions and yeah. right, this is what we're going to do. Top, top, yeah. top, top. Yeah. Whereas nature it will is take not, its time. Nature takes the time it will take. And you can, you can be all excited, and, uh, but it won't go faster nor slower. It, it will just, it will have the right time and it, and it will happen. But to have that patience and trust in it will become better and it will go in the right direction, that I had to learn to yeah. be, yeah, to really be patient. But it's good for you because yeah. it calms you as well. Exactly. I think that's yeah. why our slogan is regenerating soil and soul. It's not just the soil mm. we are regenerating, it's our souls as well. Mm. Being out there in nature, living with that rhythm, yeah. getting up with the sun in the morning, and you know i've never i've never had such a healthy sleeping pattern before <laughs> and also teaching you to be more present as well yes like we always you know especially these days where people are you know 
myself included sometimes is your you know people are constantly on their phones we're used to this sort of instant gratification where everything's need to be now 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 we're living in the future we're living in the past but we're re- rarely grounded in the present in the and i think the soil yes. grounds you it does literally <laughs> and it's 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 true and also through observation because how many times does it not happen to you that you're going somewhere and that you ever you didn't even notice what was around you because you're just heading to something over there yeah and your mind uh, is elsewhere and your ma- mind yeah. is already elsewhere whereas yeah. when you're on the land and when you're working you have that time to look around mm-hmm. and observe you need to do that because otherwise you're not you don't know what's happening and by the time you do see an illness or 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 a plant that is stressing then you you might be too late so you have to pay that attention so you you learn to observe and and there's so much to see really and also learn from it yeah 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 and in terms of the feedback from your customers that 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 you've got since you've started your your venture i understand your your way of operating is quite special because you don't package and sell to the shops you and you encourage your customers to come and then they pick the the vegetables themselves where do you get that idea from it's the first time i've heard of such a creative it actually idea. it actually came from our original business plan was to as i said there was a lockdown we didn't have access to vegetables we wanted to grow ourselves but we didn't really have a garden and then we thought well surely we are not the only people in mauritius who don't have a garden but do want to plant so in the beginning we thought kind of making a community garden so you know you would have several advantages to that you would have access to your own food you would be outside you would have a better healthier lifestyle that was the idea at first but we saw that when the lockdown was lifted everybody quickly went back to, to their old ways conveniency mm. right and and we can understand that because when do you have the time to garden mm. if you have a job for example it it's a bit tricky plus when you do regenerative agriculture meaning you don't use any products chemicals that ecosystem that you are building up again is kind of fragile and if you would have some people who would maintain their little lot but others next to it, it won't it, it will disturb mm. exactly mm. so we quite quickly we understood this is not going to work if we let people grow themselves but we still wanted to have them involved and therefore we said okay what if we do the planting but they harvest themselves with as extra advantage that you know how organic food tends to be quite expensive yes. because it's more labor intensive yeah. also because you know for some people who are certified it costs a lot of money to become certified and they have to recuperate that money so i can understand that but we didn't want to go that way because we wanted to keep the prices accessible and by having people come and harvest themselves we don't spend money investing in labor uh, to do in the packaging yeah. in the labor in the transporting in the driving around etc and plus we really wanted people to reconnect with nature mm. and their food and the only way to do that is to actually touch the plant and and be there and that's how we came up with the concept Amazing. yeah is it is it mainly word of mouth like how do you get where, where do people come from <laughs> yes we have a website we are on social media but we've we've seen that honestly it's worth mouth yes people come so in the beginning it was a little bit will there ever be people <laughs> because you know it's not it's not like a smooth road to get to our farm but 
turns out families actually like it. They feel like they're on a venture. Yeah, and it's um, an activity. It's, it's especially a really an outing, you young right? children yes. and you have chickens as yes. well, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> and I think it's kind of a virtuous circle as well because it gets people connected and then maybe they would think about having their own little patch. Maybe not to the extent that you do, but make them think more, be more conscious Absolutely. about food. Absolutely, yes. If only, if only your, your kitchen herbs like kotumili, your thyme, your onion, there are many things that, and it doesn't need a lot of space that you can already grow yourself. And it's just a pleasure also of doing that. So yes, I, I, I definitely hope I inspire people. And I mean, the dream would be that there would be other, not necessarily just naturals, not ours, but I mean that other people decide to do the same. If every village would have a farm like ours, that would be awesome. People then have the choice yeah. and it's accessible. Yeah. And I think that's one of the kind of the silver lining, I think, that came out of COVID. And it's a, it's a shame somehow, as you said, that people kind of have gone back to their old ways because I think one of the things that certainly where I lived I noticed is that it brought a sense of of community and yes. everyone you know pitched in together okay a we sharing. need to sort some potatoes we yes. need to sort some bread people started making their own bread mm. and then you know life takes over again and then you become accustomed once again to your convenience lifestyle but I think and and you you mentioned when we were talking before that you're a vegetarian. I think a, a lot of the climate we have in Mauritius allows us to actually grow quite a lot. Yes. But somehow we end up importing quite yes. a lot as well. Quite a lot, yes. What do you think the source of the issue is? Do you think it's because we've become a richer country in some ways? Yes, I think there are several uh, factors already who wants to become a farmer today? Most Mauritian parents are pushing their kids to become a white collar job, right? Because they link that to making a lot of money. And this is for most of people still a very important thing to make a lot of money. Whereas I have been there and I made a lot of money and I know that does not- It doesn't bring happiness. No, it doesn't. It brings you a certain, obviously- Comfort. Comfort, but not, nothing more than that. So there's that. There's already the profession is not attracting a lot of people and it's even not even really appreciated by people. So a bit look down on it if you want. Then there is the fact that it's actually quite hard to do this because honestly, if I did not have my own money, I don't think I could have done it. Because if you don't have a piece of land in your family, how are you going to do this? Because it's not if you're making iPhones, right? That you can smack a really good price on. A lettuce is a lettuce. I cannot sell my lettuce for 110 rupees because it's so special. Yes. People will not pay that for it. So you will always have to play around the price that people are used to. And so you would have to sell a lot of lettuces to pay back the loan that you would have to take out to buy that piece of land and to prepare it. So it's, it's not an easy activity to start already because you have to invest quite a lot before you can even harvest your first. So yeah, I think these are the most important issues. But I, I'm not pessimistic. There are a lot of people who say, oh, but young people today, they're not interested at all. I find it not true. I 
I, I meet a lot of young people. They're very concerned by climate change. They very much have this need to be more closer to nature. They actually regret that in Mauritius we have taken so much distance really from nature. But again, they, they struggle with the financial part of it, how to Obviously, there's a lot done now by government, schemes and everything, but schemes do not help you if at the end of the day <laughs> you still have to take out that big loan for land or, or, yeah. or whatever. So it's, yeah, it's, um, if you do this kind of work, it really is out of love. passion and yeah. love for it yeah. and, and really finding it in, important. But what about, okay, I, I get that aspect, but what about the food that, say someone has a normal white-collar job, But about the food that you put on your plate, I, I get the financial aspect because as you, you rightly said, if you want a food with a particular label, you know, it, it costs a lot more money. So it's more expensive to buy bio than it is to buy something that is unfortunately full of pesticides. But apart from the financial aspect, do you think that it's lack of awareness and knowledge? Because people do eat quite a lot of food that are full of pesticides. Do you think they are aware or do you think they have no choice? I think both. I think there's a lack of awareness and also I think that a lot of people feel like they would like to do it differently, but they just feel that they don't have the financial means to do it differently. And then there's a third one, because even those who have the money, a lot of them still eat badly because they're up for our convenience. There are more and more, it's like even I, I used to say, people would ask me, do you cook? And I would say, I don't cook, I make food. And there's a difference between that. For me, cooking is you take different ingredients, you chop them up and you create something. Mm -hmm. Making food is I have this package and I have this package and I heat it up. Yes. Or I do something with a bit of oil and that's it. And then I have my meal. For me, that's making food, right? It's quick. It's 50 minutes, you're done. Cooking is something longer. It's at least half an hour. Really having, you know, fresh ingredients yeah. and making something from scratch. Yeah. And having the intent as well. I, I always say that I was putting this course last month and um, I'm not veg. I try to eat veg at least twice a week, but I'm not veg. And I remember during the course, the, the person who was running the course made, made the food or cooked rather mm -hmm. and I just it and even though it was just I'm saying it was just veg it was just veg it was so beautiful that I, I told the person you can tell that you made that with love yes. because it doesn't taste anything like mm. it does at the restaurant mm. even though it might be exactly the same plate yes. of food so you can tell when the intent is, is there but I think as you said when we're discussing before people don't and myself included, I'm a victim of that. They don't make the time. It's not no. that time is not available. They don't make the time for it, yes. Mm. But I think that's where I really hope that I can convince people to reconsider it because at the end of the day, it's such a big part of staying healthy. I think there's a reason why we've seen such a steep increase in people with cancers and Not only, not only, I'm not even only talking about that food, but taking the time to do something with your family, it's also the mental health issues behind it, right? To actually have that moment of the day where you slow down and you do something good. 
we keep running and we, we keep inventing all kinds of machines and, and apparatus to go quicker. And we never seem ever to reach that moment that we say, oh, wow, thanks to my washing machine and my electrical knife, I now have an hour left in my day to do something else. Who says that? Nobody. We, we seem to have less time. <laughs> exactly. The more we invent, the more we seem to... And so this slowing down, I think we really... And as I said, I knew that I need... I, I've always been slow. People in Holland, where I was raised, always said, oh yeah, that Creole person, she's so slow. <laughs> but that's just my nature and I embrace it. So even when you were in the corporate world, Yes. You were naturally kind of, yes. uh, you like yes. to take your time. Yes, which is quite difficult because everybody wants results. <laughs> and I would be the one. Yeah. So yes, I've always had that in me, but I think that's also what saved me. That's why I'm 55 today, but I look like 45. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, when you... I was like, no, I'm what? just, you know... No, 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 no I'm serious true. though, it's, because it's... I can't see any wrinkles <laughs> on your face. It's well, amazing. I'm great, I'm great. But other than that, I mean, it's... But it's, I think it's it's so important to have that... Do you feel healthier since you started your Oh, goal? absolutely. Yes, absolutely. You know, without ever actually thinking about it, you move much more... Mm. I eat now from the land, so in the evening when I think about, oh, I need to make dinner, I just go out and I look and I'm seeing, hmm, what, what I do I feel today? like today? <laughs> and that is already the joy you get from that. That's already priceless. Yeah, you can put a price on that. And how yeah. did you, the rest of your family embrace your new lifestyle? They were a bit surprised, I mm -hmm. think. Okay. But they love it. They, I, I think... The reactions I've so far I had from people, they, they seem to be admirative, as if I did something extraordinary. It doesn't feel like that for me. But I think that deep down, a lot of people are dreaming of doing that, but somehow don't dare to or feel like it's not. And to be honest, again, my husband has a full-time job. And obviously I said to him, you keep your job. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, because he, to be balanced yes, because he is, yeah. he is I, I can see how he just is in a hurry now to leave his job as oh. well. But we can't. He's, he enjoys we, yeah. the, he enjoys the. Um, He's out there with me or... early in the morning and oh. then 9.30 his alarm goes and then he has to go to his little office on the farm. He works from home or uh, from the farm, but he has to then tend to his own job. But yeah, I know he would love to, to already stop. But, you know, we still have kids in school. And so um, it's, it's not yet possible. But otherwise, if, if it wasn't for that, he would have already. Wow. Yeah. And how about your kids? Do they get stuck in as well? In not the at garden? all. <laughs> <laughs> What's mum doing? Not, not even. With, not not even, even with the chickens. Not even close to it. No. <laughs> No, not at all, but it's, that's fine because I, I remember when I was a kid and my mom was trying to get me enthusiastic for it. I didn't see it either. Yeah. And I think that's just how it is. Yeah. But I'm, sure, but I'm yeah. sure that, you know, there will be a time I will no longer be there, but I would, I would leave something for them yes. that I'm sure they will yes. greatly appreciate. Or even when they grow up, if they, like say they yeah. go studying abroad, I'm sure somewhere yes. when making choices about their food, what they put on their plates, 
somewhere somehow they will be thinking yeah. about the choices yeah. that yeah. you've you've yeah. made do you miss the corporate world at all no not at all no not at all if anything i'm i even grew more i wouldn't say allergic to it but i i, I find myself lately when i open linkedin and i see all these corporate I, 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 I have difficulty, before it didn't disturb me that much, but the, the amount of fakeness, mm. that the amount of things we say but actually not do, whereas, because, funny enough, why, why did I go into corporate in the first place? For me, it was so important to break that glass ceiling. I'm a woman, I was tired of always being regarded as, oh yeah, the pretty little thing. Yeah. I thought I'm capable of things and I want I'm to be at the yeah. table. I want to be there when decisions are made. For me, it was so important to get into that boardroom. But once I was in there, I realized that the view is not better. It's the, the very same thing as lower on the lower floors. Mm -hmm. There's ego. There's a lot of greed, there's a lot of jealousy. A lot more stress. <laughs> a lot more stress. Lack of communication. People actually do not really listen to each other. And we seem all to be driven by doing the right thing for the external world, but not necessarily really doing the right thing. It's not that people do not... I know a lot of CEOs who genuinely want to make change, and be more responsible to, to who, who have understood that their companies are not islands. They are part of an ecosystem. They're part of a society and they have responsibility towards the society. They get it. But at the end of the day, your shareholders are the ones who really decide. And if they decide that they want to have that growth or that ever ongoing, yeah. there's, there's little you can do. And so I realized that my impact at the end of the day wasn't in the boardroom. I have much more impact today with my little one hectare farm than I had sitting in that boardroom. Yeah. And also, I think you reach a stage in, in your life and probably, as you said, when you turned 50, it was a kind of a paradigm shift um, where you realize that uh, actually I don't have to prove anything to anyone. Also. <laughs> because, you know, I'm enough. And I, I yes. just want to have joy in my life, yes. whatever form that takes. No, it's true. It's true. And that comes with age. I think we will all reach that stage. And then, it's, and then it will depend, do you have the courage to then act upon it or not? Mm -hmm. And I had, because for me, it was really important. Because yeah. I really felt like, is this how I'm going to do the rest of my life? Or, yeah. or uh, yeah. yeah. And, and then just to look back and and think that kind of the impact that I had wasn't measured by the number of zeros at the end of my paycheck, no. but the impact that I felt I could contribute in, in a small way. And, and, and sometimes even, you know, like the podcast, for example, people ask me, you know, like, why do you do it? And I, for me, it's not even about, and, and a friend asked me recently, how do you measure engagement? And I thought, what engagement? Like, I couldn't, it's not that I couldn't care less, but if one, one person writes to me and said, oh, I watched Natalie, you know, it inspired me to start my own garden. For me, that's the engagement, you know? Absolutely. It's not, it's not a numbers no. game. I mean, for me, it's not. It is, least, and it's a yeah. different kind of satisfaction. I remember the first year, 
when I was still in oil and gas in the first year my company made, not my company, but a company I was leading and it made, I don't know, $50 million. I was like, oh wow, that's amazing. And I was really like, you know, a little party. <laughs> Two months ago, I made enough with my little farm to actually pay the gardener from from that, from that money, instead yeah. of putting <laughs> it out of my own friend. pocket, <laughs> and I had a party so big because you know that is that's a whole different level of, but it brings you so much more satisfaction, mm. and at in the end of the day, you don't need that much. That's why I live in a tiny house. That's why I, I, I really this minimalistic life. I like it. Mm. I feel lighter, and it gives me room to 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 spend on things I really find important. Yeah. And I think that when you declutter your your life in terms of material things, you declutter your mind. And as you were saying, you declutter your soul as well. Getting very deep. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Last question for you, Natalie. We mm-hmm. have a lot of young people who, who watch us. What piece of advice would you give to someone who maybe is not ready to leave their job yet, but who who is interested in maybe they have a small patch in their garden where they could you know, start to think about some sort of regenerative agriculture, albeit on a very small scale. What would be their first step? What would you advise them to start there first? Reach out to other farmers. There are, I know that that, mm, they tend to be not so much visible, Mm -hmm. but there are more than you think in Mauritius of people who started organic farming or regenerative farming or permaculture, whatever you call it, there are so many terms (laughs) out there, but go and reach out to them. Most of them are very happy to share their knowledge or to talk about it, visit them, uh, learn about how they started. You can get a lot of information there and it will help you by the time you're ready to make that change. Mm It will, it will help you a lot. Because it's true, as I said before, I, I and my husband, we, we watched a lot of YouTube videos, but most of them are about people in Australia, France, uh, which is not Mauritius. It's not the climate here. It's not the context here. So you will move much uh, faster if you get that from, from people here. Okay. And, and they're out there, so. Thank you. Last, last, last question. Where's your farm? Where can we go and come and visit you? And uh, must we book an appointment before? <laughs> we are located in the north at Bois Rouge. It's between Mahogany Mall, Beauplan, and Angele Stadium. And you just give me a call before you come because it's true, sometimes I am away for some kind of an errand. But you don't need to, you know, book weeks in advance. Just call or drop me a line. We are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, and we have a website. Just so we bring our little tongue. And you bring your own tongue, bag, box, whatever. And I'll have the tools for you to harvest your own. Amazing. And obviously kids welcome as well. And kids are very much welcome. Yes. Now we love to have children because for us it's really important Mm. that they see where their food comes from and and that they learn about it. So yes. yes. Amazing. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you for the work you do. You you are hugely inspiring to me and I'm sure that you'll be Mm. to others as well. Thank you. Thank you. 